What if we could transform the experience of being a woman chiropractor from one of constant stress and burnout, trying to juggle all the things to one of ease, energy, and thriving both in business and in life. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson Ridley. I'm a woman DC who became one of the one in five chiropractors who burn out in practice by year seven. To the outside world, I achieved the financial and business success only 1% of the profession reaches. But the reality was it left me bruised and battered both emotionally and physically. Today, I help other women chiropractors revitalize their body and practice by stepping into their unique power and rewriting the rules so that they can thrive at home and in business. What we do is far too important for so many of us to struggle and burn out. And this show brings you the conversations, lessons, and permission to be you, redefine success, and transform the experience of being a female chiropractor. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to build on a little bit of the conversation that I you heard on the last episode with me and Lindsay Sutherland. If you haven't listened to that yet, that's a really, really great conversation just for women leading, whether you're a chiropractor or not. But I wanted to build on something that we both referenced there, which is a tool that I used in team building when I was in practice. And I want to preface this with saying, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't have a team, Dr. Alex, or I, you know, I'm an associate or I'm a solopreneur, like solo practitioner, whatever that is, this is still relevant to you because it can change how you interact with people in general. So it it can it change how you understand yourself as a leader, as a doctor in that role. It'll change how you interact with patients and you know your family. So don't write this off if you aren't at a point where you want to have a team or, or have one, or maybe you are just part of a team. And that can this can also help with those dynamics for yourself, whether or not whoever is the owner leader of whatever team you're on ever gets on board with this idea. Um, so I just want to start off with that. And then the second thing is, you know, when I was building my practice, I felt like a huge missing and something I was constantly looking for was guidance on how to build a team, like how to hire, when to hire, who to hire, what to offer. Because, you know, in a lot of the positions that we're hiring for, like CAs at the front desk or an office manager, which honestly, I hired way too late in the game. And I'm going to share a couple of stories around this today you know, or associates or other providers, like there's not a lot of guidance, I feel like out there in in the coaching world. And, you know, there's like CA boot camps and all that stuff, but it's, you know, always couched in this framework of assuming that you have a certain type of business model or practice. And so I never found any of it really helpful. And where I actually found a lot of support around this, because I chose to have a team immediately out of the gates. Like I I started off, I spent a year sharing space in a naturopath's office, kept my overhead really low. You know, I utilized her, her staff and I just rented space from her and I outgrew it very quickly. And so within a year I was like, I'm ready to be on my own. And I immediately brought in both a front, someone at the front desk and a massage therapist, because that was something that I'd had there that just married really well into what I was doing. And so that seemed like a great fit. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I grew so quickly that it just snowballed from there. Like before I knew it, I also had a role for on staff. And then I had two more massage therapists. And then I had like two front desk people and not just one because they both only wanted to be part-time. And it became very overwhelming very quickly. And so what I want to share with you today is something that I learned. I had the opportunity, another friend of mine in our 
area who's a business owner, not a chiropractor, invited me to come to a training that Chris Licurdo put on. And what he talked about, Chris Licurdo, he's kind of a big name. He's a former Formula Ford one race car driver. I think he still does that some, but he teaches a lot of managers and corporate executives how to lead better. And a huge piece of that pie was using the disc profiles and understanding disc. And so if you aren't familiar with disc, there's a lot of different ways to do this. And this applies, you know, no matter what, but it's an assessment that, you know, I'm going to share this one today. And then tomorrow, we're actually going to talk go back to the zone of working genius stuff, because they're two different animals that I had the disc, and I wish I'd had the working genius stuff. But for today, we're going to focus on the disc. And the four things are like D, I for, actually honestly forget what they stand for, but <laughs> I can explain what they mean. So D's are kind of like the driver. They're who you would expect the, you know, executive CEO, like high power suit kind of people to be. They're very short in their communication style and direct. And there's not a lot of like cushiness, right? Then I are your extroverts. They're like, you know, super just love to be around people. They're like, woohoo, squirrel. And they get really distracted really easily, but they've got that kind of more expressive personality, right? Like wear bright colors, all that stuff. We, I learned some of this in school. I don't know about the rest of you, but some of this kind of came from there. And then S's are more of your like super supportive people. They're really empathetic. They're sweet. They want to be helpful. You know, they're really, really great at the front desk. And they also don't take criticism very well. <laughs> And then C are more of your very attentive to detail kind of analytical type people. And so we all have like a combination of this and usually two of them are fairly high and then the other ones are more low and that makes up like our, our personality, so to speak. So I learned about all this and got my own read on on how I was or who, who I am. And I decided to bring it back to my team because at that point it had grown pretty large and I was like, good grief, we need to do something because there was drama and I felt like I was getting walked all over. And a lot of that had to do with my personality style. And so I took this to my team. I had everyone take an assessment and I studied it and got to learn things. And I, I want to share a couple of stories that came out of this with just how it can impact your team dynamics, your family dynamics, or, you know, just your practice in general and how you communicate and how effective you are. And, you know, we tend to attract people as our patients that jive with us gener in general, but you know, how one of our things that really set us apart as a leader is our ability to understand who we're talking to. And this is, you know, this is what Lindsay and I were talking about on the previous episode of that making all the difference in how you communicate in having, you know, what could be difficult conversations without getting into arguments or hurting feelings or having the whole thing blow up in your face or, you know, not, not saying anything because you don't know how, like this gives you a direction to do all that from. And so when I looked at my team and I had a, a couple of things going on, but the first story that was like a major success that came out of this that I wanted to share was I had this girl at the front desk and, you know, she liked being there. Like she's generally very, very nice and, and bubbly, but she wasn't all that outgoing. And when she took her disc, I was like, oh, that's why. So she wasn't really, she didn't have a lot of I. She had quite a bit of S. So she was very like empathetic and nice and, and friendly. But her highest thing was she was act actually really detail oriented and analytical. And so we made a shift. We'd expanded to where we were in these two houses and we had like the massage house, which was quiet and no kids were allowed. And it was, you know, longer times in between appointments and all of that. And so that was like that nice setup. And then the chiropractic house was like total chaos because we had kids that were in the office all the time. And I, I was pediatric based and, you know, we were running appointment times and had music blasting and all that. So like very different environment. 
And so we had this one girl that I'd had working at the front desk over in the, the chiropractic house. I gave her the opportunity. I was like, how would you feel about, you know, taking on more of the billing and moving over here? And she was like, oh, yes, please. Can I please do that? And so we moved her and she actually became our more of our billing manager. And she would also work at the front desk over there some, but she was so happy. And I had been hesitant to, you know, put someone over there full time because I felt like they were being isolated and they weren't like part of the thing anymore. And the reality was it was like a huge blessing for her because she just like, she started to love her job so much more. She missed us and like, would still, you know, we, we made intentionality around still coming together as a whole group because we were, had this weird separation of houses before I bought uh, the building. We were in this like fourplex and had two of these houses right across from each other. But, you know, that's an example of sometimes, especially if you're having struggles <laughs> with your team or, you know, we, we have people and maybe they're not the exact right fit because people will apply, especially for entry level jobs, not necessarily understanding themselves or their strengths. And we go into leadership roles, also not understanding that. And it can create challenge that honestly probably doesn't have to be there. It's just, it's not necessarily about that you need different people. Sometimes it's that we just need to redefine the roles or the responsibilities or shift the environment to support some of those strengths. And we're going to get into this even more tomorrow with the, um, with our, on the next episode with the working genius stuff, because this is like more, the disc is more of a personality type profiling, whereas working genius is something else entirely. And so both of them coming together is like money. So continuing on with this, you know, I, and for me personally, and this is something that I think we struggle with as women, you know, I don't have a lot of D I'm not the driver type. I am not who you would consider, you know, someone who would typically lead a company or an organization or be an entrepreneur. Cause I'm more S and I actually have a bit of C too. And I, I'm not much on the, the I and the D side of things. And I think for a lot of us, we feel like we're supposed to be that way. And so this is where we get caught in trying to be someone we're not or communicate in a style that doesn't come naturally to us. And we can, you know, create this thing that's really unfulfilling in, in trying to lead from this place. And I think of the D's as, you know, I'm going to stereotype the heck out of a portion of the profession here, but as like the men in the super nice fancy dress shirt with the cufflinks and the hair all greased back. And, you know, they're super outgoing and they lead the dinner talks and they just like magnetize people to them, you know, because of how they show up. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. And we don't have to be that in order to be successful. And so this disc profiling thing was something that had me start to understand my own strengths as a leader and start to understand where maybe I did need to shift a little bit. But more importantly than having me have to like be someone I wasn't, it gave me access to shift how I communicated among my team members so that there was always mutual respect and like ease of conversation. And part of what that looked like was, you know, I tended to attract like most of who worked for me. And I think a lot of offices are probably like that were a lot of high S people. So very empathetic, very kind, very nice, very helpful, very supportive, very well, you know, help everyone and save the world kind of thing. And I had two people, one man, one female that were high, high D. So more of that like driver personality and we tended to clash and I always felt like one of them was mad at me or, you know, I, I would get really stressed out before we got it, went into conversations because they would come to me with whatever was bothering them. You know, there's always going to be something, right? It's not like we're never going to have problems when we have people 
working together in a group. And it was a huge source of stress and anxiety for me because I'm that higher S naturally. And what I learned was not to take that personally and realize it wasn't an attack on me or anything like that. It was how they communicated. And I also learned how to communicate back to them in that more direct way. So rather than, you know, putting all the, sh- the flowers and couching any kind of criticism and like all layers and layers of accolades, which is how I wanted to be communicated with, I learned how to be really direct with them. And then with my people who needed all the, the flowers and accolades and all that, I learned how to, you know, do that with them. And also like we would actually talk as a team and discuss these differences so that everyone started to understand each other better. And we had so much less drama and so much more fun. And it really brought everyone, you know, together in this cohesiveness as a team. And so that is the like good side of this that I want to share. And then I want to share one pitfall that can happen that also happened with me as I implemented this. And I think this is a great tool and it can be easy to fall into (laughs) some issues, especially when you start to define roles and how you're looking for people around this. So, you know, I implemented all this with my team and then it became part of our hiring process. And we would, you know, I would collect resumes for whatever we were hiring for, pick the candidates I liked the most. And then the gateway to actually having an interview with us was to have them do a disc profile. It cost me like 25 bucks. I felt like the the information that it gave me on the person was invaluable and totally worth that, you know, small investment. So that's something that I just chose to do as part of our hiring process. Where I went wrong with this was, I, th- I think I mentioned briefly in another episode, I hired an office manager kind of late and was bringing her into this new team dynamic. And so we ended up going with someone who on paper looked great. Like, you know, I, and I assumed that, an office manager needed to have more D than me because, you know, that would be like more just that's who I assumed that that would need to lead. And while that was a good assumption in some ways, it also totally backfired. And so we ended up, I hired someone who on paper, she looked great. You know, she had a degree in management stuff and leadership and it just, it all looked good. What I didn't understand at the time and realized too late and took way too long to take action on was that her style of leadership did not mesh with mine. And so the team dynamics got completely twisted into this kind of nasty black thing that nobody wanted to be a part of anymore. And I honestly lost uh, two really good employees because they just didn't want to deal with it. And I was taking too long to let the office manager go. I was giving her a chance and actually sent her to training and all this stuff to kind of bring her more into the world and the direction that I lead from and see if that was something she was open to. And I realized when she came back from the disc training that I had gone to and she handed me her, you know, workbook from it and said, here, I took notes for you. Like she, you know, listened to the whole thing from the perspective of all the things that she thought I was doing wrong (laughs) and needed help with. And I was like, oh, okay, we don't get this at all. Um, So all this to say, you know, it's, it takes some time and some cultivating to really get clear on how to utilize some of these tools. And they are great tools. And if I'm looking back and being honest, like when I made that hire, I was really desperate for an office manager. I probably should have hired one sooner to really help alleviate some of that because a lot of that was stuff that was not in my zone of genius, which is part of what we're going to talk about tomorrow as another tool or not tomorrow on the next episode. And it taught me a lot because, you know, someone can, can look good on paper and can say all the right things and just really not 
fit. And so when you're looking at hiring, especially bringing in someone to lead a team that already exists and has had a different leader, there's something to be said for matching personality styles a bit more. And so I ended up later on actually hiring an amazing, incredible office manager who like had more life experience and, and really understood what it was to lead and did it from a very, you know, could she understood how to communicate and shift her communication styles and meet people where we were, they were at and really just was like an incredible addition to the team and took so much off my plate. It was amazing. And so you just want to be aware of some of these things as you're navigating all this. And what I will say is it helped me immensely in just creating a team that really worked and and taught me a lot, but gave us all understanding where we could stop, you know, taking things personally or creating a bunch of drama, having a bunch of, you know, people talking behind other people's backs, often about me, because as the leaders, we're always going to get the crap and really just brought more cohesiveness together and provided a, an avenue to learn a lot of lessons on like what to do and what not to do. <laughs> and that one office manager was a great example of what not to do. And, you know, just there also encouragement that like, this is a great tool and absolutely helps. And you want to have more understanding and systems and processes in place of both yourself and the team that you maybe already have or the team that you want to build and create to really get clear on who it is that you want to hire. And it's not like we can go say like, Hey, what's your disc profile um, in an application process, but you can tailor your questions and, you know, write your ads and whatnot for hiring in a way that will attract the people that you really actually want on your team. So hopefully this makes sense. It's helpful. Um, you know, if you're interested in learning more about your own disc profile as a starting point, uh, Tony Robbins, I think has some free ones. I don't have anything set up for this. And then Crystal Curto also has the ability to, you know, purchase tests that you take through his site just to get to know yourself. And the last thing I'll say about this is what I found really interesting is we all have a natural and then adaptive style in how our, how we show up in leadership roles and how our disc is sectioned off and, and all of that. And what I found really interesting is when I first learned about all this and created it, I was coming out of a really toxic marriage. I'd just gotten divorced and it was honestly pretty traumatic. And one of the things I learned is that when we have really high toxic stress for a long time, so if you're in a crappy relationship or you had a lot of toxicity in your practice or in an associateship, your disc will actually look a little different and how we show up isn't who we actually are. And so that part is also really interesting just to explore and get to know yourself a little bit because what I found is I was showing up more in my adaptive personality and it was also at one extreme. And I've actually since, you know, retaken it a couple of times now that I've had some time and distance from all that about five or six years now and it shifted and, you know, as much more I can see like, oh no, that is who I am. And the more adaptive personality is who I thought I was and how I showed up. And a lot of times I, you know, was more like this counselor type personality. And that came from, I had a stressful and kind of toxic childhood too. And it came through in all of those places. And, you know, so all this to say, I know people do a neogram. There's the um, Myers-Briggs, there's strength finders, there's all these things, but just encouraging you to, you know, I wanted to give some examples of how utilizing some of these tools in practice 
even if it's just for yourself, can really shift the dynamics of how you show up as a leader, stepping into your confidence in who you are and who you don't have to be, (laughs) and in building a team and creating a team. Like I believe these are some of the tools we absolutely need and need to understand in doing that if you're going to build a team as part of your practice. And it's something that's really, I haven't found anybody else who talks about team building in this way. And maybe they're out there now, but for now, I'm going to talk about it. So, you know, I would love to hear from you if you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you utilize some of this stuff in your practice, if you've had good experiences, bad experiences, you know, I hiring is always a I don't want to say a crapshoot, but it can be challenging. And some other things we're going to talk about on the show is, you know, how to really understand the the finances of your business to know what you can support in hiring and where to set salary ranges and all that and how to, you know, also create something that's not just like a hourly wage type job, but actually provide some sort of benefits and things um, that we don't get taught in school. So those are some of the things that I've learned to do over the years in the process of building a big practice and a team. So with that, I was going to say, you know, if you have any thoughts, either shoot me a message on social media, if you're in the chiropractor, um, healing collective, that's what I'm looking for, or send me an email, which is Dr. Alex at revitalizedc.com. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I'm on a mission to help the chiropractic profession heal collectively from the limiting beliefs and broken business models that plague our profession and lead to high rates of burnout. I also believe that women are the ones who are going to do that. I can't do it alone, and so I have two quick asks. One, if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to leave a review and share it with a colleague. This helps the message reach even more women DCs around the world. And second, if you're a Facebook user, join me in the Chiropractors Healing Collective, which is a place for us to come together for more support and to heal both as individuals and as a group. There we engage in discussion and many of these episodes are actually streamed live so that you can participate and share and get support around many of the topics that we discuss on the show. I appreciate you and I look forward to joining you on our next episode.